Welcome to episode 94 of the Win 6 podcast, official podcast of BehindTheBookPass.com. I'm your host site expert, Adam McGee, and joining me as always is Jordan Tresky. Hello, Jordan. Hello! This isn't our usual Sunday recording, Monday posting slot, is it, Jordan? No, it's not. We're coming to you after the books put in one of their worst performances of the season. And that wouldn't have been emergency podcast worthy in its own right, if not for the fact that Giannis Antetokounmpo followed up an insane week of hype and I guess major strides forward to hit a game winner at MSG to give the books a win in a game. They were at least down by 15. I don't know. It might have been more than that at one point, right? Yeah, I know. It definitely got to 15. They were down by 14 at the end of the third. Okay. Right? It was grim. And it was really grim. It didn't look like there was any way they were getting back into it on this occasion. Brogdon and Monroe, hashtag Malcolm Moose, were incredible to... Spark a room while Giannis was on the bench. Uh, Jason Terry was a warrior tonight. Not, yes. not, a, not a Golden State warrior. Uh, but a he road incredible. warrior. He was a literal road warrior. A literal warrior. road warrior. He, I, th- I think that made a big difference. I don't know if that was his veteran voice, whatever it was, but having him there helped the books to rally. It helped them to sort of get a grip on things. And let's be honest, the Knicks are terrible. They've now lost six straight. Me saying that has probably tempted fate so that they'll, you know, beat the books on ESPN in Milwaukee on Friday. But for now, they're terrible. But it didn't make it any less special when, with Gus Johnson on the call, Giannis turned to his inner Kobe and hit an incredible fadeaway jumper for the ages seal the win what what sort of noises did you make when it happened jordan uh then uh well i mean it's it wasn't just the shot it was the possession it was the positions before it there was i was there's a lot of yelling there's a lot of uh intense looking at the, the my, my tv screen um i may have muttered some curse words when the clock is getting down to two, and no, the shot hasn't gone up yet. And I'm just like, "What is going on? What is going on?" You know, uh, that's just the G-rated version of that. But um, 
I don't know. It was you're just thinking of like uh, clutch. I mean, this is the second the second win of the week, where comes out it comes out of the wire, final minute of the play, and obviously the Thunder game was much more. There wasn't a comeback. It was more even. You know, going back and forth, just trading points later down or later in the game, and this one was more of a improbable comeback. I mean, it was, like we said before, it was so grim. I mean, even when it's a two-point game, like, what, nine minutes left in the fourth or something like that, like, there was still, like, these bailout shots, like, Carmel hitting, like, a big-time three with, like, the shot clock just expiring, you know. Uh, I, I, there's a few more other ones, like a crazy Lance Thomas layup, like, drive and layup, like, there was just – it felt like they – the Bucks were getting so close and then Knicks would just, you know, answer, like, with as little points as possible, but it was just enough to, like, keep the lead away. And then all of a sudden, you know, all hell broke, breaks loose, breaks loose. Broke, broke loose. Like the moose? That is – yes, that's what I'm talking about. The moose is loose. He's out of cruise. He's uh, did he have a triple a double double? Um, he did not. I think he might have had nine rebounds. Ah, uh, I could nine rebounds. Ryan, that with double deuce. Eighteen, nine, four, and three for Moose. I will. I will say this. I will say this. I think that was his best deal of the season. The other I, one, I think he was Rose, where he like he, he oh, came yeah. out fast. He, he came out like a guard, but I, it was, was just. It was the speed with which he him and, it. wasn't just him. Like, Jabari was doing it for a big uh, breakaway score late in the fourth. Um, uh, Giannis, obviously, just, you know, <laughs> going free safety on them. Ed Reed. Um, I, they kept playing it over and over again. Like, it, it was like – it felt like when – it felt the, the, the time where – Maybe it was late in the third. I, I mix my head's just, it's a blur right now. Uh, so okay, if, we all understand. I know, but if I don't have the timestamps and you know, Jordan, if we just shouted for an hour, I mean, this is our most listened to podcast ever. Just by yes. we'll open the window. We'll open the window. We'll shout out the window. We call back. Um, but yeah, it was. I, I honestly thought Monroe was the key. I, I, that sounds controversial. No, 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 it's not. It really isn't. I mean, that will get lost because obviously we can't. Giannis is incredible. Um, his numbers are really impressive, but it, it was in stages a quieter Giannis game. And that wasn't, I don't say that to sort of reflect, reflect poorly on him because that was the case for pretty much everyone, everyone including Monroe, until him and Brogdon got going in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Brogdon really struggled with his shot, but eight assists to no turnovers and six rebounds thrown in for good measure. I mean, once again, there's really nothing to fault on that. Was this the perfect? And I mean, we're only halfway through this week. I'll also, I'll remind you who called 4-0 and for this week in the predictions. Who did, who did you pick tonight, Jordan? Yeah. yeah. Well, everyone just remember when the Bucks win by 27 on Friday. Who, who was that? <laughs> uh, but was this the perfect follow-up when you think of, 
okay, Tuesday, which I don't even know what day it is now, but it was Tuesday <laughs> when we found out Giannis is on the cover of regional editions of Sports Illustrated this week. He has a Lee Jenkins feature, which I mean, that's almost even more prestigious. Lee Jenkins doesn't just sort of roll up and spend a few weeks getting to know anyone and crafting a piece around them. That's a real you've arrived kind of thing. And although there are elements of that story that we all know so well, being Lee Jenkins, he just got so much more out of it. With mm. all of that going on, and now tomorrow, which I think is Thursday. Is it Thursday, Jordan? Tell me what day of the week it is. It will be Thursday. Yes, it will be Thursday. Okay. Thursday, the first count, I guess you want to call it, first round of all-star voting results will be revealed. Was this perfect timing with all of that for Giannis in Madison Square Garden to hit a game-winner buzzer beater to complete a big comeback? Does it get any better than that? Uh, no. No, it does not. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, it's not even just the shot. I mean, the, the his almost free throw line or jumping from the free throw line dunk late in the fourth. I mean, it was obviously it's on a bigger stage. And like you said, like it was a quieter game until like the fourth quarter. Even, you know, when Brogdon and Moose are going, Giannis is not on the floor. Like they, those two really jumpstarted the game. And then obviously Giannis, you know, pretty much closed it with insane – I mean, we could just list so many plays where he had an effect. I mean, the fact that the Bucks even had the ball, it wouldn't happen without Giannis deflecting out for D-Rose. Maybe a little contact. I'll, I'll give you a little contact, but they did call it, so it doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I mean, it's already a crazy, surreal season, and then to have something like that after – you know, this huge, I don't know. Again, we, we talked about a couple of weeks ago where it felt like this coming out party, but for real, like it just, there was like momentum around it. Like other times it, it felt like it was tied in with the team's performance. And obviously there is some with that too this year, but just with, it just keeps coming, even though like sometimes it'll get quieter. Like this is like another wave, like the waves, the tide is rolling. It's a constant, though, because he's now 13 straight games with 20 or more points. Which that in itself is... Pretty good. (laughs) It's it's even beyond us, though, like joking or going, you know, he's getting there. That's your dare. When you reach the level where you can (laughs) score 20 or more points in the NBA, and that's, I mean, 13 games, and in the 13 games, you've heard the books have had... They've had some good teams um, near the start of that run. They had a four-game road trip. It's not like everything has sort of played into this, you know, easy 13-game spell where Yanis can just go and put up 20 points a night. He can literally do this against anybody now. There, There is nobody who can stop him. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. Like we, for Again, we talked about so long. I mean, since the the birth of this podcast, really talking about how Giannis's shooting limitations are, you know, putting fits around it. How do you make it better? All this stuff, and even though obviously there are questions about that still linger, even though we are seeing improvements from it, 
it's still like remarkable that late in games, even when Knicks, I mean, the Knicks give them credit for most of the game. They were playing really well. Like they were packing the paint. Obviously, it's not just Giannis. Jabari does the same things too, where they're real. I mean, that's their bread and butter, finishing and driving, all that stuff. They were really frustrating them for almost all of the game. And then whether it was, you know, getting a couple calls going their way or just, you know, letting it come to them. I mean, yeah, another big play late, I thought, was Giannis's. I mean, this technically wasn't a play, <laughs> or what I'm going to highlight wasn't technically the play, but it was just a decision. It was like, what, maybe it was a big rebound. I want to say there's maybe like a minute left. And he, you know, was bringing up, has a lot of space. I think Lance Thomas is on him. Had a lot of space. He could have easily jacked up a, you know, somewhat semi-transition, you know, three-pointer. And I think that would have – It definitely. I think it might have taken the lead. But I think he, he thought about it as well. If it's the he plan. thought he, about you know, it, he, he kind of he stalled and looked, and then thought better of it. Yeah, and I think going from that, using I mean, we've seen him use it where just even like glancing up, that kind of you know, you're kind of like giving a tell almost, and players will defend that way or you know adjust to that or whatever. And I just thought like going from that to using a spin move, and you know Thomas had enough like he had no way of like stopping it except for just literally laying his arm on Giannis to you know obviously get the foul call and he had said I believe that was when he had both free throws he oh no it was him that Moose hit the or missed the last one no that's what I'm thinking of but anyway I just saw another play like that where easily you know you're looking for something to get back in the game or even just tie whatever it was even leave the game or something like that and to kind of not rush it, where there have been times where late in games this year where we've seen him somewhat rush shots better. I mean, it wasn't a great decision at the time, but I felt like even that, like just kind of knowing that you can, you know, pull out this unguardable move basically and get, you know, three points or two points or whatever it was. I mean, that, that, another, that was another thing that was just huge for him last night or tonight, whatever. This goes up. <laughs> it's good. I, don't, I don't even know when it's going out yet, so say whatever. I mean, it'll be it'll be going going on June seventeenth, two thousand twenty-three. We are we're normally better than this, is what I say. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's your first time listening. We're normally better. It's just you know excitement. Well, I'll, I'll yeah. say that we talked a lot recently about Yanis getting to the free throw line so much more often, and um, I don't know if it was I don't know if it was Monday's podcast or if it was week before where. At that time, when I looked at the stats, he was, I think, seventh or eighth for the last 10 games in the NBA in terms of free throw attempts per game. And I think he's, if he might actually even be top 10 on the season, he's right around there anyway. But it was so apparent that the Knicks literally couldn't do anything. I mean, they were fouling him to foul him right at the end, and it was a case of... We're not failing him because he's a terrible free throw shooter. We're just failing him because we don't know what to do. It's it's yeah. almost pure panic. And that was so, so exciting to see because he's not an unknown quantity anymore. This isn't like a year ago if he had come out and had a big game. Everyone knows what he can do now. They know so many of his moves. 
and they just still can't do anything to stop it. And look, we've been very critical of books possessions to end games in the past and if we're really honest this one probably wasn't that much better it wasn't <laughs> no, I it would was have, not I ideal as as you yeah. said to sort of lead us in there was definitely i didn't have the feeling of why isn't the shot going up because look everyone knew exactly what he was doing once he had held it maybe kind of a second or two longer than you thought it was like, okay, well, we know what's happening here. But the shot goes down, and that's okay. And there's a part of it where, okay, the ball, right now, should it be in anyone else's hands? It's tough to argue. We've said before, Jabari often has more composure on offense. Um, he's now had two games in a row where he's had horrible end-of-game mistakes on the defensive end of the floor and being lucky enough to get away with it um i i know when he i don't even know what he did for that rebound to go out of bounds and give the knicks the ball but when that happened i i sent you a message and i was like logs off twitter forever because i was just ready for the ultimate backlash but i i under I understand the frustration. Obviously, it's he oh, look, all this that, stuff, that, but like, yeah, that would just be heated a moment. Look, he's be, jumping in midair. Like I don't really expect him to grab that. Like I, I mean, I can't. I can't even jump that high. I uh, look, I, I expect him to grab it, but I think, like, if we're to actually say why does that happen, that doesn't happen to him any other time. That was like over excitement, just an over eagerness to make the play. Like the ball was there from I'm going to make the play and. Yeah. Plus, you want to call a timeout. I mean, there was, what, nine seconds left? I think that's around there. Maybe a little bit more. Uh, maybe a little bit more because there was, you know, a couple of possessions before that. But Yeah, it definitely would have been more. But probably well, not a lot happened, I mean, between then and the book's final inbound. But, but I'd say probably somewhere in the 14-second range. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I mean, uh, yeah. <laughs> it wasn't ideal. Let's just say that. No, but look, and the play itself that Yanis scored on was far from ideal. Back to that, but I mean, making one of those is such a big deal because that means that the next time you're in that situation, that can be a bluff as much as anything else. You can give Yanis the ball and sort of let him kind of back down a guy or bide his time as if he's going to go for his own shot and get guys moving better off the ball and you might find a guy cutting to the rim for, for an open layup. That was not the shot I wanted. I, I tweeted out before, or just as that timeout was called, just get something <laughs> going to the rim because the only time really we've seen the books have success in that situation this year has been going to the rim. Jabari missed the shot, but Henson got the the tip in i was like just go to the rim and particularly with yanis and no, i'll give a, I, I, one one play that i will stand by is the mirza oh yeah three. no okay I'll, I'll completely stand by that i'd forgotten that one that was a great yeah. shot didn't fall mm-hmm. but the feeling for me was go to the rim particularly because at that point it's like it's going to yanis and he'd been getting to the line so easy that okay, you've got a chance of him getting fouled, you've got a chance of him just scoring outright. You've also got a chance that if he misses, Moose, Jabari, Brogdon, whoever can crash the boards and maybe get something back. 
Well, so, maybe not, not that part. <laughs> you're, you're tight, Jordan. It's okay. Well, there. Well, I don't know if I watching pregame, obviously, or not pregame, postgame. Uh, they said that play was designed for Jet, where he was lined up at the corner, right? I, I honestly now I can I can't remember much of it. I'm assuming I he was down say, left corner, did he? I want to say that's where. I mean, I mean that's where he usually is. So I was thinking like it was going to be. Giannis said something like it was originally for for Jet where he would hit him at the corner or something like that. Kind of was that like the Snell game or like yeah, game? Snell against the Wizards, wasn't it? That's where he missed the. But that was more off the dribble. Like there wasn't like that setup action. No, the it? one where he was he caught it sort of falling backwards out of bounds and forced on up. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. But yeah, um, this one it was like similar in that, but just with Giannis, like it, the play was intended to go to Terry. Then obviously the option was back down. Hit I the, mean, Giannis hit. didn't look up to me. <laughs> <laughs> they might have drew that play up. I'm not sure if Giannis was ever doing anything other than taking that shot. But you know what? Yeah. Part of that is okay. Like there are situations we've talked about where this year, even last year, was the same. Although the less we talk about last year now, the better. But where it's just <laughs> it's just learning, right? I mean, it's if he goes out and he makes that like he's done now, it really changes everything. And I I think I don't think anyone's been able to compose themselves to actually think of it in this way. But aside from that shot everything that's just happened there. This could be the pivotal moment, the pivotal moment in their season. That is now such a big win and such a big win for confidence down in a massive hole, heading into the fourth quarter, having played terrible. I mean, I was kind of calmer the on when they started pretty badly because I think we're getting used to that. And then they'll roar back at the second, third, and maybe by the fourth, they might be in front and you're hoping they hold on. But that never really came, and I wasn't all that convinced. But they pull it out, and now they've got that win following winning another close one against the Thunder. We used to talk about their problems closing games, and their young team, I'm sure that's not going to go away, but right now they've closed out two close ones in a row. The schedule is not unkind to them either. I mean, Nick's... Again, at home, we know the books are a completely different prospect at home as it is, but, I mean, that's going to be a real punch to the gut for the Knicks. I'm not sure how easily they'll regroup on that. They don't have the motivation, maybe, that the Wizards had by Giannis going for 40 and rubbing it in their face the whole time. I don't know. Maybe Wait till, wait till um, uh, Daugus Kuzminkis uh, says... Uh... Why are you keeping Giannis in mind, or whatever Bradley Beal said? Yeah, I don't think Mendogas uh, Kuzminskis is going to say too much. Well, otherwise known as vegetable lasagna. Yeah. It's, it's a Seinfeld reference. Yeah, why, why are all these Seinfeld references going over my head? I'm not liking this. It's when Elaine is on the plane. He's, she's breaking up with Putty. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He looks like vegetable lasagna. Right. Well, not, not the food, the man known as... The character. I'm there now. I, I don't know if all of our listeners are, so we should maybe move off, just in case. Okay. Um, does this win change things, though? Do you feel that is something we can 
say or do, it's obviously we can't guarantee that but does it have the potential to really change things for this being a young team and being a team who've been really determined to finally sort of kick on and get something going um i, I mean maybe I, I don't know it's one of those weird things if you kind of like think about buzzer beaters i mean we have to discount anything last year because it really didn't do much of anything um, but like the year before where, you know, you have like obviously the the buzzer beater for Milton against the Heats. Happy birthday, just give this place the coin up for grabs or something like that. Uh, but even like the Suns buzzer beater for Milton, like obviously that was a – I'm not comparing this at all, but think about that game where, you know, Jabari goes down and obviously it was a, a much more serious injury than we thought or maybe, you know, expected. Or, I don't know, whatever, at that time. And then you have something like as crazy as that shot was too, like the way, just remember how it rims out and then goes back in, in into the cylinder, it goes down. I mean, something like that was like, it felt like a moment, like, you know, something big. And obviously it was, you know, cause they went on a you know big run before the all-star break. Um, and then, I, I don't know. I, I don't know what this does. But at that honestly. point, at that point, did we even know what big was like, I'm I'm nearly exactly two years covering the books now. Yeah, there has not been one moment like tonight. That was that was bigger than playoff wins against the Bulls. That was bigger than Jared Bayless game winner and that because at that point they were kind of a plucky underdog with some potential. You didn't quite know where it was going. Tonight is seeing some things realized and still having the potential for it to be so much bigger and it's like wow this is this is really something like this is something where now all of the talk and there have been years of it of oh well you know this is gonna be a team that could build towards a title and building that culture within the organization building that team it's a night like tonight and i'm fully aware they beat a terrible knicks team who are on a horrible losing streak, but that's not really what matters. It's that your young team can find the resolve to come back, that your young superstar can find a way to make that shot to win the game in the most famous arena in the world. Like that is so much bigger than what we viewed as big a couple of years ago. Yeah. Do you see yeah, that? I mean, it, it kind of. I like. I don't. Well, I, mean, I wasn't. I wasn't even NBA was not on my radar. Um, but the last time the books were really good, I'm talking conference finals. Good. Right. A long time ago. Yeah. I mean, I was getting back lunches with, you know, lunchables and, uh, Dan and yogurt. I mean, I was a young, youngling. Uh, my, my best days were ahead of me. Oh, it's debatable, but, <laughs> Has there, like, I don't think there can have been a team. I, I, I don't, there's no thinking about it. I know there hasn't been a team with any real upside in the time since then. And now you're looking at a team where it's. Uh, I mean, I'm not, I'm not real, the perfect real one. upside. No, 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 no. Come on. No, 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 no. I have to say this. I have, I'm not the one that can speak best about this. Brent, you're talking but about the fear yeah. the deer season. But then again, Bogut's, Bogut's arm, that really 
I, but that, there was something like, especially I, with Jones I, I going get, off. Right, I get that team. I get the idea of that team, and this is this is like the Hawks part of me will, will come out in this because that's where I get it from. It's like, oh, Bogut is. I mean, Bogut is really, really good, and yeah, Brandon Jennings. He he comes in as a rookie and. He's got a 55-point game in a couple of weeks where we've kind of got something here. But at the Jerry end of the Stackhouse day... is singing the national anthem with, you know, with ease. That's, that was a team that was going to be on the good end of mediocre at best. You didn't have the one defining superstar that just can change everything. A lot of people thought that would be James. I, would, I mean, I can't speak to that, but... A lot of people thought that it would be him. Not maybe I'm not I'm not saying to the to the degree of Giannis, but people thought he was gonna be like an, at least an all star. Okay, but the difference in that is at least an all star. I don't like Giannis. Don't tell that to Smash Mouth. Giannis could be that in like two weeks, right? <laughs> at, at least an all star. All star isn't the bar that Giannis is looking at or that any books fan is looking at it's set much higher it's set way beyond that and that's, that's too high no i'm joking i'm joking that's just my nervousness that's, that's and... really, that is that is the difference you've got a guy where you're not going i it's a rare spot to be in i've i've never experienced it with any team i followed in the nba where i can be like you know not just that that guy is going to be an all-star we've got an all-star we can build with you know, this guy is legitimately going to be an MVP candidate. And if, and it's not going to happen, be completely getting carried away, but if the books tore home from here and the switch really clicked and they had a big, big finish to the year, I think that's too soon. I don't think it's going to happen. But Yanis would find his way in MVP discussion this year. That's how serious this is. I know how uncomfortable the idea of moving <laughs> that good makes you. But you see that, right? Already the attention he's getting, the performances he's putting in, if he turned the books around into something, look, something they're not going to be. I mean, you'd have to get like 55 wins, which isn't going to happen. But in a freak scenario where that happens, freak being the key word there, he he <laughs> would end up right in the, the, the middle of an MVP conversation and that's that's now like that's that's all getting so far ahead of ourselves but it's relevant just when you look at where does a night like tonight stick out or what does it mean for the future because it shows something a lot bigger again and i know we got some tweets at this it's like oh they beat the knicks the knicks are terrible it literally has nothing to do with the opponent i i can't just say wait a second wait a second let me turn on my you know Turn it up to 11 here. Think about those the teams that we rattled off with those buzzer beater teams or those buzzer beater during the all famous 500 season two years ago. The Suns were a complete mess. The Heat were a joke. I mean, obviously, Bosch got hurt, but that Heat team was seriously wounded. Like, those teams weren't, they're probably in the same position as where the Knicks are right now. And obviously, they didn't have Porzingis, their best player by far. But still, like, I mean, it's really not that. It's really not that different. I'm, I'm just, you know, flustered. And no, I, I get that, but like, I, I don't even think like say that Suns game really can't compare. That Suns game was in November, December. 
December 15th. I know it too well. All right. Okay. And the, the Heat game, I'll, I'll give a little substitute because that was a game with a team that they had to kind of beat out for the playoff spots that I had real yeah. meaning. It was late in the season. That's a, that's a little different thing. I give that something. But to break a night like tonight or a moment like that down to, oh, well, what was the opponent? And, you know, that's that's completely beyond the point. It could be the Sixers, the Nets out there, and it really doesn't matter. What matters is your team was able to come together and were mentally strong enough to rally back and get into a position to win. And your star player was strong enough to then carry you over the line. Exactly. That's what really matters because, you know what, if you can do that against the Knicks, you can do that against the Cavs. You could do that against the Warriors with eight seconds left on the clock because with eight seconds left, it's a much more level playing field than I think people tend to give credit for when you pick out teams for a matchup like that. Eight seconds with like a dead ball situation where everyone's going to have their man. That's about just building confidence in those scenarios, not saying, oh, well, you know, that team would be able to beat in that scenario. It doesn't work like that. It's just about knowing that when you get to that place in a game, it doesn't matter who it is, you have options to go to. And even when your options don't work, you're just good enough to score. And for Giannis, that might be where he's starting to feel, and it's definitely the case for the books. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I will add, you know, not long after he hit the shot, I said it. Uh, I tweeted out. Uh, this is no. I said I tweeted out. Never in doubt. So I mean, even even uh, if I could screenshot some DMs I got for you tonight and share them to the world. No, do not. Um, <laughs> just just as I have tweet deck open here as we go to trying to trying to keep up. We're being inundated with tweets and mailbag questions. For any of you listening, if you've sent us a mailbag question not related to tonight's game. If you sent us a serious <laughs> I'm really, one. I'm really sorry, but tonight's not the night for it. We will, I will do my very best to round them all up and carry them over to next week's mailbag. Um, any that would still be relevant at the time, but we will go through some sort of mailbag shortly. It will probably not be all that serious, but it will be very much all about either Yanis or tonight's game. Uh, but mm. just while I have tweet deck open here, I see uh, Dan Devine of Yahoo Sports. He just tweeted, Yanis outscored the Knicks by himself 12-9 over the final 6 minutes, 30 seconds. There, there's your star. But that, that's, what, that's what it's about. That's what it's not about. Um, he outscored the Knicks. Other... It was the Bucks were in a position where they need to come back and they have a guy who can carry them. That's like That's what for so many years... Go back like not that long ago, Bucks fans would look at other teams and be like, "Wow, look at how LeBron can carry his team." Look at I mean, how- look at what uh that uh I know that that uh was it a Vine or a Snapchat or whatever the from a couple of days ago after Giannis blocked Russell Westbrook, the kid putting on a uh, Giannis, <laughs> Giannis jersey <laughs> over his Westbrook. I mean, that literally says it all. But like <laughs> the last like twenty years of. Bucks uh, basketball and fandom and all that stuff. And uh, to go back to what you were saying about uh, Giannis not scoring the Knicks, uh, I don't want I, – I really don't think we should be complaining about – well, maybe we should. <laughs> Let me revise this. I know the, the Bucks have clutch time situation problems. We That's a big 
bugaboo creates a lot of brew it's a brouhaha uh this during the season but if there's any team that they look more prepared or more just look leaps and bounds better in clutch time situations it's the Knicks. I mean, look at what, like, look at the plays that if you rewatch like the five or two minutes, or maybe it extends out to three minutes or something like that. But just watch what they do. They, it's, it, again, it goes, it's, uh, you know, the clock going down with Derrick Rose, keep dribbling the ball. Ball, ball up, like, this was, this was a Porzingis less Knicks. That, that would not have changed, though. It would have gone to Mello. That's a, how they he are. He had a game winner like two weeks ago, didn't he? Where, Basically, I, I think the ball was supposed to get to Melo from him, and he just didn't give him the ball and went and dunked it himself. Like, it I mean, Me- it's a blip, it's an anomaly. Melo made it's some shots, he missed plenty, but he did make some late on. I, I'm not, no, I'm not, I'm not blaming Melo or anything, but I'm just saying, as no, I know what you're saying, they have no real grumble about the Bucks' predictability. I mean, a team that kind of takes that torch and runs with it, you know, by miles is the Knicks. I mean, those plays, it doesn't matter. Even if it was like, it would be on the left side of the floor or the right side of the floor. It was, I mean, even Jabari, I know, again, Jabari, not a great game by him by any means, but he was still like, he was aware. He still bothered shots against Mel late in the game. I mean, even that, like that stuff, that doesn't really register on the, you know, in his box score line, but, even now, like I, I know that's probably the, it's the bare minimum of what you could do, but still, like for T, that it's just so predictable. It's every time that we, most of the time that we see the Knicks in late game situations, that's how they're going to run it, and teams know that to a T. Um, so that that's just my little spiel. No, it's more on what they do is more ego management than anything because Hornacek is a better coach than that. Like he, it's not like he was an entirely unimaginative coach when he was in Phoenix. So, oh yeah, that is kind of servicing. You know what? Well, we've got to give the ball to Mello, which I don't like. If I mean, if I'm Hornacek and I'm looking to score late on, I run something to try and get Courtney Lee an open shot because it wasn't that hard for him to do that all night. Hit the left corner. I mean, they were hitting the guy Forty-five percent from deep on the season. So why don't you go to him instead of having Mello take a long two? Like, I don't know. But we're talking. Why are we talking Knicks, Jordan? You've just. You've I'm just. I, I was just. I was just, just compare and contrast. To get back to Giannis before we dive into, I guess what we're calling a mailbag for the purposes of this podcast. The um, loose mailbag. It's it's probably very loose. What did? Aside from sort of saying, wow, that was a great article, great piece of journalism. Giannis is great. What, if anything, did you take from the Lee Jenkins Giannis article? What stood out to you in the piece? Or is there anything you felt that was noteworthy from it, considering everything that's going on now? Or maybe everything that's taken for the books and Giannis to get to this kind of point over the last couple of years? Does this extend to the cover? Uh, I, we don't need you to talk about Aaron Bain's face. Damn it. Uh, I, I want a serious, a serious answer. People don't want my serious takes. Um, but in all seriousness. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
uh, I don't know. I, I think it was kind of, like you said, it wasn't, we've heard this in bits and pieces all throughout, basically since, I, I would throw away his rookie year aside, even though he, they obviously covered that. But the stuff after his rookie year, like, you know, obviously with Kid coming along, the stuff about Giannis, even though it was this kind of like, I don't know what to call it, but it was still like trapped in like, oh, he's still in this developing phase or whatever, you know, tweet about smoothies, all this stuff. Like it was like this, the the cult of Giannis. I mean, it was, you know, I guess it was kind of true in some ways. And like everything that we celebrate him at that time, it wasn't, I think we kind of, it, it was still getting attached to him when it, he wasn't that kind of person he was trying to like grow from that and he obviously he had the quote about talking about like what was the exact quote something about it was it was something in regards to the smoothies like i'm not that person anymore or something like that um but i thought it was just a lot of it just reinforced what we've heard for you know since he's come here about his dedication his work ethic his drive like all these things i mean the stories of him just going from games. And I remember like even last year, I think there was more than a few times where we, someone would, you know, make the rounds on Twitter of someone uh, having a photo of him, make, you know, putting up shots after a game, probably after a loss, could judge you about how last season went. I mean, hearing stuff like that. And then obviously when it came to, you know, getting his contract extension, just talking about how grateful he is and just, you know, all these things, like it's, it's, it's really interesting. It, it, I think you might have said this after it came out, but it, I, I know I saw it more than ways of one or through more than one person. But it was like the perfect snapshot of someone at like with everything that we know about him at like the time of like trying to go past this, you know, uh, you know, eighteen-year-old teenager from Greece who, you know. He's coming from he wires money to his parents and he you know forgets he doesn't have enough money to have call a cab like all this yeah, stuff like the running to that, the running to the arena for a game story. Yeah, exactly. Going from that to this, you know, legitimate superstar in the making and how that affects you, especially when, you know, he the way he grew up, all this stuff. Like it was just fascinating in so many levels. And it, I mean it was again it's Lee Dakin, so everything's really well done, but it's still like to have that and obviously the cherry on top to all of this is the fact that it's, it's one of the bucks. I can't I keep saying this. I know that I mean it's gonna get boring the more I keep talking about Giannis or when we talk about Giannis, but like again, a player on the Bucks is on the cover of Sports Illustrated, even though it's regional. Um, I mean, I don't know. You you might know more about that already, but I mean, even if it's regional, like I'm guessing regional means it's not like it's just Milwaukee. It will be like the Midwest. So that means. If oh, yeah. I, I'm just saying like. And regardless, the story, the story is in it, even if he's on the cover. It's I mean, it's a Lee Jenkins story. So if you're an NBA yes. fan in L.A., you're going to be like, oh, what's Lee Jenkins written about this time? Giannis, you know? The, the big thing for me, I all the stuff about his work ethic and everything was great. We we know about that already, but it sort of hammered at home just how obsessive he is. But the thing that was really different for me, and I kind of it's it's crazy to 
this article comes out yesterday and you're sort of thinking about it. I only wrote sort of about this piece today and some of the highlights and you're still kind of trying to process things in your brain of oh what Yanis is becoming and then by the time you're processing it he's basically gone to the next step and done something bigger and better already but this my big takeaway was throughout it he just kept talking about how he's more serious and how like he's how he has changed the exact quote that you referenced was uh but that kid the kid with the smoothies i'm not really that kid anymore which okay that's fine the one for me came a little bit earlier in the story um and i think it was lee jenkins was talking about how basically he's a very different guy to how everyone perceives him with the exception of maybe when he's at home with his girlfriend where you see that he's still this really young guy and maybe he still has room to mature but other than that there's this different sort of this different persona that comes out now and the quote that Yanis gave for that was i've definitely become more serious i have a franchise on my shoulders and that's just like i think that's like a goosebumps quote that's incredible um the fact that and we we know this from like when he signed his extension and he kind of spoke in those sort of terms in the press conference but the fact to be able to say that at the age of 22 is one thing but you've seen guys not just in the nba but in plenty of different sports before they'll say something like that but they never really you never really get the sense they mean it or you never really get the sense they can actually deliver upon it and that's like we're now two days later after that comes out Yanis goes he delivers a game winner let's be honest everyone else lost their mind Yanis didn't Yanis Yanis was the coolest man in the building and coolest cucumber he just looked like you know what this is what I do now and that's what we're going to do he was incredibly composed in the interview and it was like you know that's that's it that's the win it's all business and now I want to go and get a game winner back home in Milwaukee. It's like, that's the real superstar mentality. Or I don't even like using superstar for that. That's that's like winner at the ultimate top end of the scale. That's the way they think. And that's not just something that happens. That's what's going to separate him from everyone else. There was also aspects. I wrote about this. I, I don't know. Maybe it comes across weird reading and, the piece where I kind of rounded up on it. I loved all the little details about money because it kind of yes, it kind of gives this impression of Yanis being kind of this Scrooge-like figure or sort of being tight. But that's if you didn't go a little deeper and realize he has this real understanding and value of things because of obviously how difficult everything was for him and his family growing up. Um, like I don't know, I don't know how it things like this necessarily translate in America with Yanis. I guess it's very clear his story has been talked about so much, but it's not like Greece isn't, although there have been tough financial times, Greece isn't a poor country. It's not a third world country, but Yanis is Greek by way of Nigeria and his parents came from Nigeria and they came with nothing and they, by all accounts, had very little while they were there. So, this isn't just some sort of Greek kid coming over and it's a fairy tale story. There's more to it than that. And I feel the way he values money speaks for something bigger where he's just so 
grateful. It's not even humble. He just really understands everything that's around him. He's not taking it for granted. And perhaps that's why he works harder. That's why he gets in the car that he has on loan from the four dealerships still. And he, <laughs> he drives out to the books practice after games and maybe stays there till 3 a.m. And the part of that that I liked was it's not just after losses. I mean, it, the first part of the story, right? That's great. The idea of, you know, this hero who he misses a shot and he goes there and he's going to keep sort of working on it, working on it, and he won't go home and won't go to sleep until he feels it's he's got that one out of the way and he knows next time he'll do it. That's kind of, I feel like that's a Kobe mentality that's really kind of crept into the game. But there's something even more when you get these images of, say, after the Wizards game on December 23rd and you've got all the guys happy celebrating in in the locker room and it's kind of everyone's heading home for christmas and the quote is from tony snell and it's like don't go practicing now or whatever and Yanis like mm, we'll see and of course Yanis goes and practices after scoring career high 39 points it's things like that that they're more than just special details in the story they're more than just something where you read and you're like well, that was really cool, and that was a great article, which it was, but they jump off the page as saying something about Giannis that is unlike virtually everyone in the NBA. There are players as good, players better than Giannis, who don't necessarily have that. And as Giannis continues to develop and improve, that could be the thing that will make his peak higher than what many players of similar or maybe even higher ability will eventually end up at and we've we've talked about that before Giannis is physically I mean he's a freak but in some ways he was originally kind of self-taught he's late to the game he was very raw he's not always been the most polished but he's built and he's developed his skills and that's not a natural gift to just kind of chalk it down to that is doing a disservice to him it's he's worked for it so for me, this new serious Giannis who carries the weight of the franchise on his shoulders and he carries it with ease, that's incredible. And that means that the next 10, 12 years could be the best that the Milwaukee Bucks ever see as the franchise. I think it's that's the kind of thing that if I'm a Bucks fan, if you're listening to something like this, this is the kind of thing you've got to get into your head. Um, attendances to me look up a lot of the time at the Bradley Center. I mean, uh, obviously Westbrook in town is a draw, but a Monday night against the Thunder last year, I don't know if even that would have looked quite as full or been quite as loud with Durant as well. There's an element of it, I'm sure, is, you know, it's not just we're going to see Westbrook. We're going to see Westbrook go up against Yanis, one of our guys. But I think if you live in Milwaukee, if you live in Wisconsin, and you're watching this team, you watch Yanis do that tonight, you, how could you not be thinking, I need to get down there, I need to see the books, I need to support the books, because this is something special. Because very early days in it, but it is. Yeah, definitely. I mean, like you said, like those crazy, or not crazy details, but those like, you know, rich details about like uh, his backstory and then when transitioning to Milwaukee and all this stuff and then and how he's, you know, kind of took that with him and the quotes about him with 
was it Ross Geiger or something like that? I th- my biggest takeaway was just he wants he wants to repair the friendship between Ross and Ben. He wants to make them better friends. That was um, I I was curious how that detail actually made it true because I I don't know maybe they uh, I mean they're a very good friend or one of them was very good friends with uh, someone who works in NBA video. What if they read Lee Jenkins and all of a sudden there's going to be this awkward conversation? Hey, come on, Ross. Like, <laughs> that's that, I found that one amusing, all right, I have to say. Uh, will we? I like also the other, there was not, there was not a very, there's not anything to do with Giannis per se, but it, it was about the, uh, the Bucks at the time and hearing John Hammond talk about the trip to Greece and stuff like that. And just the way how Lee Jenkins and rightfully so like painted the picture. Like it was not so subtle. Like the names he listed off that were on the team. He was like he, he said something it was something basically like uh hopeful superstars, but there were anything not or something along those lines. It's like, oh yeah. You hit the nail on the head. That's that was that was the Bucks at the time. We're gonna go through our mailbag. I'm not even sure how much answering there is in some of this, so we'll just sort of fire through and react where appropriate. And um, first one comes from our coach Dave Defoe. How long until Giannis is the best player in the league? Also, it could have been last week. Can you even seriously? I don't. I think this is a big question to get answer of you. But how long until Giannis could potentially be the best player in the league? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. Uh, yeah. I, uh, June seventeenth, two thousand twenty-three. <laughs> that's a that's a long way off. It's not really. I mean, that would be his what the end of his, or maybe that's when he, he wins the finals. Or, I don't know. No, you know, a couple, couple of rings. Comment, I don't want. I don't want to say. Uh, this. <laughs> Rub it. Take it off. Edit. Re-edit. Right. No, not this one. All the time. Oh. Um, I don't know. I, I I think that is interesting. Obviously, he may never get there, but right now it looks like he will someday get himself into the conversation, or sort of at worst, just the level below the very best player in the league. Everyone kind of says, you know, LeBron has to be due to decline sometime soon. If that happens, well, then things are different. I don't know. It's going to be interesting. Um, that's the big question, really, in all of it, because I think that affects perception, too. Even if you're someone who doesn't feel LeBron is the best player in the NBA, if LeBron faded off, Yanis would be very well positioned to be the best player in the East. And... If that could lead up to being dominant within your own conference, well, then you're going to have a pretty good case from what people see that you're right with the best, if not the very best player in the NBA. Um, from Ad E. Kasnia, I have no question, just holy, insert word here, this is fun. It is fun. It's fun. As I said, again, not to plug my Twitter, uh, at Jordan Trusky. I said, uh, I made a declaration, and I said that this season is a lot more fun than last year's season. Um, And I stand by it. I mean, it's it's been 
it's it's really hard to match, you know, Johnny O'Brien hitting one three pointer against the Clippers. Uh, I'm amazed you know what team he hit that three pointer against. I was at the game. I was oh, at okay. the game. It was the first fear of the deer night. I remember everything. I, I ordered nachos. I spilled them on my pants. Uh, is that the one where DeAndre Jordan? Yes, he. Uh, Who did he murder? Murder Greg Monroe. <laughs> he did murder Greg Monroe. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was like a. You know, in vo- have you played volleyball? Do Irish people play volleyball? No, we don't really have it here. Um, I mean, it, oh. it's kind of there. You'll do it in school, I guess. For I think you call it. Phys ed or something. I don't know. What yeah, do you well, call gym. Gym, yeah, whatever. You'll, uh, you'll kind of do it like just maybe one week of a year. They'll be like, just because attention spans are short, they'll be like, well, this week it's volleyball. But no, it's not really a thing. But I know it. No. I mean, I know what it is. It's okay. Yeah, Missy May Trainer. Um, but uh, it was ba- that, that dunk was basically like uh, you're at the net. It's basically like you're meeting at the stomach of the net and just someone just right. spikes it and hits yeah. you in the face. Uh, that, was, that was like the equivalent of that dunk. I remember um, I remember where I was for that dunk too. I was, on, I was on my couch, which was rare. That game was on national – oh, national. It was on the national like sports channel here, so I could watch on real TV. Oh. So there you go. Everyone was dying to know that, so I thought I'd give the people what they want. And next one from at Eric underscore name, Eric name of ESPN Milwaukee. Nobody's got any questions, just yell into the microphone for an hour. I, I don't even know what time we started at yet, but I think we're we're getting pretty close. I think this this is going to be the hashtag no questions mailbag. Maybe. Seems fitting. There's a lot of questions, but I'm not sure if any of them are really questions. It's a loose mailbag. From at Cold W. Brown, what did we do to deserve Giannis? Um, I don't know. I, I can <laughs> I can list I can list uh, many Bucks players' the, names the, from the 2002 to 2013. <laughs> the answer is nothing, Jordan. Nothing. They did, they, like no one deserves Giannis. I mean, books fans don't deserve Giannis. No one. He's a he's a guy who's beyond that level. This is something I wrote when I wrote my patience piece, which was only a few weeks ago. But now, I mean, look at how things have changed. <laughs> uh, but a big thing for that it was just like there's no entitlement to anything. It's like even the same with Jabari because he's a number two pick. He doesn't have to be something just because Giannis is a fifteenth overall pick and he becomes that doesn't mean that Richard Vaughn at 17 has to be even remotely an NBA player, which we found out. He's been in this league for a long, long time. There's nothing you can you can do to deserve Giannis. It's just a special gift that's fallen Milwaukee's way because you can be terrible for a long, long time and you don't get that. It, it feels like uh, Pa and Ma Kent when – uh, the baby known as Superman. Or actually, no, it was Cal L. I, I see. Locked. I didn't even know where that was going because Pa and Ma Kent is not a way I've ever. I don't know their real names. You obviously haven't seen um, Batman versus Superman, then, if you don't know. No, I, I don't. I, well, I've heard what happens. Or Mar- I know the lady's name is Martha. There you go. Yeah. And, yeah. Um. But it's like it's like when he comes from a ship, 
it 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 you know storms or rockets into the cornfield and they discover this baby that just you know grows into this superman a literal superman <laughs> i'm losing steam on this better sure you got it exactly the way that yeah you know. i think he you know he's a baby and he just you know puts out a cape and a suit <laughs> Um, in that order too in that order too cape yeah. then suit the next one from that did the Bucks win tonight if so how they, they won they eked out a a one point win over a terrible Knicks team Kerambis's face if I, I think that's I, I know I saw Kerambis's face after the shot it says it all it, it says it all I'd say uh, Penny for the thoughts of Kurt Rambis, but none of us really want to know the thoughts of Kurt Rambis. No, we don't. Uh, from at JK4D7, did you see Chris sprinting around the court after the shot? That conspiracy theory is real. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Chris he is, my Chris is for too. a second. He's, he's lively. I mean, uh, this is the second game in a row where he has taking full part in the celebrations. I don't know if he's in uh, taking full part in practice yet, but he's definitely taking full part in celebrations. It was yeah. like, uh, remember when Damien, well, uh, famed Damien Inglis, when the, the buzzer beater for the Heat game, I think he was still in his walking boot. It was after his second surgery. And he got he was on the bottom of the, of the pile after that buzzer beater. I want to say that happened. They probably, I mean, did, did Inglis even ever break his foot or was he just so bad that they said your foot must be broken? I mean, not my, not my words, those are yours. They're mine. I'll stay on that. I was on that from the start. Um, Chris is, from everything we're now I hearing, Chris is, Chris is close. Oh, we don't need to do that anymore, thankfully. Um, Chris is close from everything we're hearing. So, I mean, I would imagine that if he realistically is that close to coming back like this sort of post all-star return that we're kind of seeing a lot now he's probably functioning pretty much as normal in terms of a non-basketball sense so i don't know not that surprise from at raz6ne we've got all the the numbers and letters handles tonight does cloud nine have wi-fi no, no, it does not. Does it? No. No, I don't think so. It it's doesn't. a it's a problem. If you want Wi-Fi, you're gonna have to come down for Cloud Nine. Maybe that might be a Cloud Six arrangement. Yeah, there's a kind of Sophie's choice there of whether you want Wi-Fi or Cloud Nine. Streep. From at a underscore coffee four. Hey guys, missed the game tonight. Anything happen? No. no, no not really. <laughs> um. From at rhinestone underscore, is Yanis secretly the Greek god Zeus? Yanis has actually answered this himself post-game. I saw seemingly a Greek reporter refer to him as a Greek god, and Yanis said, no, there are only 12 gods, there cannot be 13. So Yanis is not only not Zeus, which, I mean, if he could get a Zeus beard gone, that'd be fun, but he's not a Greek god. Um, from at Diesel did NBA. Are you wearing pants current? If yes, why? Um, 
I am because I'm on a camera with Jordan at the moment. And although he can't see that, that might be weird. But I don't know. Maybe Jordan isn't, and he can verify if that's weird or not. It's not weird. Okay. Uh, from I am uh, not. I am wearing pants. I just wanted that to be out there. Okay. Is Yana secretly in Looney Tune land all the time? AK, he just wills his limbs longer, etc. That's from at Metastic. That dunk. I think the thing with that dunk, it's I've seen a lot of like, oh, it was nearly from the free throw line. It was actually rarer than that because it was kind of nearly from the corner of the paint from the elbow. Yeah, it was it was a, it's a weird even, angle. It's nearly even further away. Mm-hmm. I, like I wonder straight on, he might have covered sort of free throw line distance. It would have been a little closer. Well, maybe I don't. Know. It was incredible. That's all I know. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not going to get into geometry. I'm not good at that. But it was incredible. Last one from Alex underscore Kang zero two three. Are we going to be able to look back at this win and say it was a benchmark win, a win that taught these young books how to win? Um. I well. If not even just in, tonight, the last three days could arguably be seen as that. Yeah. yeah I mean, they're all kind of weird wins in their own right. But that's, I mean, that's part I mean, of the lesson. Extend it, there's, there's did no, you extend it to the Bulls game too? Is that what you were saying? Um, I, mean, I was doing the Thunder game, but I mean. That, well, that was a blowout, but, but so I, I won't count that. But not the Thunder game, the Bulls game, but. I guess, yeah. I mean, again, two back-to-back wins like this, impressive, even though uh, different circumstances, Thunder game, you wouldn't really call that, like, (laughs) uh, you know, great offense in pretty much throughout the fourth quarter, but just the fact that only on trading stops and all that, you know, generic coach speak I'll, I'll go into, but, like, just simple stuff like that. And then, obviously, tonight, you know, I mean, again, we cannot say enough about how grim it was. It was just out of sorts, and shots weren't falling for much of. I mean, that third quarter was just oh, that was ugly, ugly. But again, you come back and not. It, it was telling that even though Giannis, as we said before, Giannis was the you know one to steal the win. The fact that they came back with. Uh, a rookie and a guy coming off the bench that, you know, for <laughs> is a much maligned for the majority of his time with the team and obviously is that hasn't been the case this season at all, really. Um but again, I, I don't know. I, I I still am cautious to what this means, but later on and what it you know runs all of this stuff, it, it's still incredibly I don't know. It's incredibly encouraging, nonetheless. Yeah, I, I think a big part of this might be that there's just more than one way to win. I think as a young team, maybe you could get bogged down and, you know, perfect execution and this and that. And something like tonight is, you know what, you were terrible. I'd hope a kid would tell them that. You were pretty bad for most of the night. And just by not quitting, by sticking around and taking advantage when the brakes fell your way, you got into a position to win, you got over the line. And that's what it's about. It's about knowing that you don't have to hang your head if it's not the perfect game. Because when you become a good team, and if you're good enough, 
you might still get the result you need. And I, I, that could be important because they're at a stage where it's hard enough for them to get that sort of, to get a real win where it's like, okay, we've dominated the game. Let's close it out. That's been difficult. So never mind. we're playing terrible and we're going to have to resolve to get a win. It's all part of the learning experience. And right now it's going pretty well. All in, all in uh, this year's yearbook called Somehow I Manage. That's that's a Michael Scott. I don't know why I said that. It's a fitting end to the podcast. I mean, you normally have some sort of lead balloon to close out the podcast. So that works. Yeah, that's true. Thank you very much for listening. Make sure to subscribe to us on iTunes, follow us on SoundCloud, add us on Stitcher. You can follow us on Twitter at, at Behind the Books. Read all of our work at BehindTheBookPass.com. Unless anything else out of the ordinary happens, we'll be back in our usual slot next week. Sometime around Monday afternoon, you'll find us in your podcast feed of choice. Thanks again for listening. Thank you, Jordan. Thank you.